Welcome to Connect to Joy. Your host, Carol DeShane, is an intuitive spiritual guide for practical matters and Marconic multidimensional energy practitioner. Her quest is to help you realize new possibilities, discover and release what holds you back, and enable you to manifest an inspired life filled with joy. Join us on this journey of transformation. Now, here's your host, Carol DeShane. Welcome, beautiful spirits. Thank you for joining me here today. Today, we're talking about psychic ability and increasing your intuition. I'm going to talk about past lives and connecting to your source, and maybe some other things that may or may not interest you or you believe in. And as with any show that you listen to, whether it be or someone else, please listen, but take what works for you and let the rest go. Because you may find that later on, some of the, what you have heard previously will make more sense, or maybe it'll be time for you to understand it at a different level. I'm doing the show because a number of my clients and some of my friends have requested this episode for a while now, and I finally am getting around to doing it. And it was really fun putting it together because I'm using mostly my own experience with it rather than looking up quotes or looking up online information. And so it's very personal to me. My question for you is, are you intuitive? You may or may not know. You might go, yeah, I think so, maybe a little. But have you ever had a thought about something and then it happens and you go, I knew that was going to happen or I should have listened to myself. Oh, I knew it. It Happens all the time. If you don't pay attention, you start losing those intuitive moments and they don't come as often. Constantly ignore any kind of intuition. You'll lose that connection. And if you want to be more intuitive or more psychic, the question is, once you get the connection, how can you make it work more reliably? That was my question. And that's one of the things I want to talk about today. My plan for today, as you know, I always give you one of those, is what exactly is being psychic about and when do you want to use it? There are different ways to be psychic. So I want to know which one are you different ways to connect and to hear the information. Well, here is the wrong word, but to get the information. I'm going to talk about something people don't normally talk about, which is the responsibility of being psychic or intuitive. I am going to be using those words interchangeably because for me, they mean the same thing, but they don't to other people. I'm going to talk about the thing everybody wants to know. How do you do it? And I'm going to give you a little formula, which is, I'll give the words now, but they'll mean more later. The words are intention, protection, connection, attention, and then disconnection, which a lot of people forget. We talk about confirmations, second guessing yourself, that sort of thing. And then we give you some tools that you can use to open up your intuitive gift so that you can practice more. So first off, what is being psychic or intuitive about? Well, it's kind of knowing more than what meets the regular eye. It's more than your five senses, as you know, because it's known as the sixth sense. And usually, if you're just a regular person, you don't really know where it comes from. You just know you know something. Miriam Webster, the old dictionary on Google, just out of curiosity. And it says, a person who's psychic is a person who has strange mental powers and abilities, such as the ability to predict the future, to know what other people are thinking, or to receive messages from dead people. Don't you love it? A person who has strange mental abilities and powers. Made me laugh, but in a way it's true. 
when do you want to use intuitiveness or psychic abilities? You don't have to have a 900 number and make money at it. You can use this every single day of your life. Every time you make a choice, you can lean on your intuition and on what you feel needs to be the right choice for you. You can do it whether to take a job or not, whether to date a certain person or not, you whether to turn left or right at a, to get a parking space. You can use it all the time. You can even use it when you're buying gifts. That was one of the first kicks in the pants for me that said, hmm, how did this work? Because I was out buying a gift when I was in my early 20s for two people, two ladies that were teachers at the ballet school where I was in a ballet company. It wasn't high and mighty ballet company. It was a small one, but it was still people I really appreciated and I wanted to buy something for. And I knew this little gift shop that was just really great in the small. It had all kinds of fun stuff at it. And I walked in going, I've always wanted to buy something here. I have an excuse now. Let me find some gifts for these two ladies. And being it was all about ballet, I found a music box, which is what I thought, oh, good, I'll get music boxes for both of them. It was a ballerina and it played Swan Lake. And I thought, oh, perfect. Now, they didn't have another one with any ballet music. So I thought, oh, great. Now I have to find something else. So the second thing I ended up buying was a fan, the kind that you flip your, your wrist and you open and it's to cool off. It's that kind of fan. It was lace and it was kind of off-white. And I thought, oh, I don't know what else to get. I guess this feels right. I guess I'll get this. I gave the one to somebody and she said, oh my God, how did you know? I have a music box collection. And the only song I don't have I've really wanted for years is Swan Lake. And I went, oh, my God, excuse me. But I said, holy shit to myself. Okay. I was like, oh, my God, how did this happen? And I could have easily have given these two gifts in the opposite direction. And I did. And I gave that one to her. And then when the other person, the other lady opened her gift, she said, I've always wanted a fan like this. And I was thinking of buying one. And this matches my bedroom exactly. And I went, okay, this is weird. That was my first obvious intuitive moment that I listened to myself. I went with my feeling and my gut reaction. Let's go with that. This kind of an inner knowingness. So you can use this for everyday life. You can do it to help others with getting paid or not getting paid. You can do it at a party for fun or for pay. You can do it just for to do good for people. You can use that 900 if you want to be a psychic there, or you can be maybe what I would consider a little more upscale psychic where you do it and you have individual clients that you deal with that are outside of an over person, however they want to say that for the 900 line. There are lots of different ways to do it. Some people do have trouble reading themselves. So be aware that I don't think you have to have trouble reading yourself, but you get a lot of resistance to yourself sometimes getting that kind of information. It's easier to read other people for most people. Responsibility of being psychic, it really does carry some because usually I say intuitive because scam artists over the years have given the word psychic kind of a bad rep. Honestly, if you are doing it and you're intuitive and you call yourself a psychic, which is all fine, sometimes people you go to just have a bad day. They're not a scam artist, but for some reason the psychic is out. They can't connect. I had one who was really, really bad. I mean, I didn't know whether she didn't know what she was talking about or she just couldn't read me or she just had a bad day. But she didn't offer the money back. She said, we can come back another time. And I thought, you aren't good. I don't want to come back another time. I just want my money back. Sometimes they do. Looking back on it, she could have just had a bad day. And it's true. Sometimes you just can't read someone. 
But you have to admit that and take that responsibility and let it go. And by all means, do not make things up on purpose. However, sometimes our lack of confidence level may make it feel like we're making things up. They just pop out of your mouth. That is totally different from making something up on purpose. I'll get into that in a little bit. So the responsibility is to make sure that you want to do good, that you want to help others and you care about them. Which one are you? Are you totally psychic? And if you are, you may not be listening to this. But if you are totally psychic, you may be bombarded by information and feelings and listening to other people all the time. I've known a couple of you, and oh my God, they hate being psychic and intuitive. They hated it, empathic, whatever they wanted to call it. They felt it was a curse. And they didn't think I should want to be it because it was a curse. But it's because they felt attacked all the time. They needed to learn how to control it. They needed to learn how to put up protection and shields to help them. Maybe you're someone who wishes you were psychic, but you don't know how to go about doing it. And you maybe you don't know why you feel that way, but you really want to be psychic. And that was me. I raised my hand for this one. That was me. Sometimes you may have moments of clarity, a strong intuition, and you want more of those things. Maybe you want them at more convenient times. Maybe they were coming at inconvenient times. Or you want them just when you want to know, well, how should I make this decision? You want to know now instead of later. No one is 100% right ever. But sometimes we can get connection better. We can listen to higher information and get more reliable information. I believe even great psychics who predict the future can only say what will happen if you keep going as you are in the current way. If you make changes to your life, things are going to change. Unexpected changes and jumps in your vibration will shift your future. So don't be surprised if something seems absolutely right. You understand the psychic and then you go, wait, it didn't happen. If you made a big shift in your life, I had somebody who was really accurate and I didn't go very often, but I had her like three times, really accurate the first time, totally off the next two because I kept leaping up in my vibration and it totally threw her off because she was reading me from the moment she read me and not from a future time. Now I'm going to talk about what kind of psychic you are, whether you're a combination or one of these, and this is how you get your information. So how do you get your information? Everybody knows about clairvoyance, where you kind of see something. You may have visions, images, or maybe even movies in your head. You may dream very vividly about the past or the future. And sometimes you may have that ability and you won't know. For example, I was going to tell you the story about the first time I went to like a one-off class on intuitive because I really wanted to do it, but I was a little nervous, a little scared, didn't think I had any ability. And so she had quite a few people in the class and she split us up into twos and said, okay, read the other person. And we went, what? (laughs) You didn't give us any information on how to do this yet. And she said, no, close your eyes and say whatever comes out of your mouth. Whatever you see or whatever you know or hear, just say it. And I thought, oh boy. For some reason, I saw something that reminded me of when my I was in Minnesota where my dad was raised and I was back there visiting aunts and uncles and I saw a, not a powerboat, but it's a, a motorboat with a father, mother, and two, a boy and a girl. And standing in the motorboat right at the dock at a lake, I thought, okay, well, that reminds me of Minnesota. And they said, just say whatever it was. And I told the girl, 
later we told her what we had seen, uh, told the teacher, the girl next to me, she goes, so did this sound like anything? And she said, yeah. When I was young, my parents and my brother and I went to the lake all the time, every summer. And we were on this motorboat and the dock sounded exactly like what she said. And the lake looked exactly like what she said. And I thought, oh my God, I've never been psychic. Where did this come from? That is something that showed me that I could see, I could do some of this clairvoyance that I had wanted to do for so long. So be aware that clairvoyance is only one way that you can get information. You might have telepathy where you're hearing someone's thoughts without speaking. I know twins get that all the time. Sometimes you hear people that's been married for a long time and they kind of finish each other's sentences. There's also clairaudience, just psychic hearing. You might hear words, sounds or noises either inside your head or just from outside, but no one else hears them. And you're going, I'm losing my mind the first time it happens. I'm only going to tell you one quick story on this one. When I was going through something with somebody and they were telling me something and I went, oh, something was shifting because of what they said. I won't tell you the whole story. But I heard out loud, I swear it was out loud, a deep voice, male voice, it said, this is not your problem. And I went, uh, did he hear that? He didn't hear that. There's only two of us in this apartment. And I thought, this is very weird because I swear it came from right behind my right ear out of my peripheral vision. So I couldn't see anything. I didn't turn my head, but my, I was totally distracted. So I didn't even hear what this guy was saying that was talking to me. And I thought, oh my God, that was one of the only times I've heard something that solid and that sounded like it was outside my head, but people hear music. So clear audience isn't totally out there and normal for most people, but you can hear things. So don't think you're losing your mind. The first time, look into it first before you, you know, take pills for yourself. There's also claircognizance, which is a psychic knowing. So if you just get a feeling, you can't explain it, but you just know something's true, it might just pop into your head and you know something. Sometimes it's how we make decisions. We just know what's right. We know this person's right for us to date. We know this is the right job. We know it's the right decision. That's actually claircognizance. Now, claircognizance, which I hadn't heard of before, is actually the sense of energy through touch. It's great for healers and sensing energy blocks. Of course, there's also psychometry, which is a sense, you kind of sense information from usually a metal object because it holds energy, it stores information. There's lesser known ones, a little less common, clairsentience, where you're feeling in your body what other people's illnesses or conditions are like. Clairempathy, where you actually physically feel another person's emotions rather than an empath who senses it. And there's also psychic senses of smell and taste, where like hearing, you smell or taste something that isn't actually happening right now. But for me, I'm mostly claircognizance, so I just know. Sometimes I'm clairvoyant, where I see pictures, especially in past life readings. And I'm rarely clairaudient, but I do hear loud and sometimes, as you hear, clear messages, but not very often. So which do you feel is the most you? It's really good to know what feels like you so you can tune in better to those that maybe you've noticed before. But if you're new, as you start practicing, pay attention to the messages and how you receive them so you start being more aware and you can then start honing in on it better. And I know you're going to ask me, okay, great, great, but how do you do it? How do you get more psychic? How do I increase this intuition I want? The one word answer is practice. How do you get to Carnegie Hall? The old joke, practice, practice, practice. That's it. 
But there's a lot more information you can get besides that. But that is the crux. So start with intention. Why do you want to do this? What's your intention? Are you doing it for fun, for being mean-spirited, or doing it as a scam, which means you're not actually going to be more psychic? Is it a higher calling for you? Or do you just want to be able to live your life with more information? What's your intention? And then you need to let go of the fear that you're holding on to. Because you have the power to do what you want to do here. You don't have to open yourself up to just anybody, and I don't want you to. But let go of the fear that you're holding. Everyone has the sixth sense. Everyone does. I knew it, but I didn't have the capability of figuring out how to connect, which is why I'm doing this. Some people are more open and natural, but it's like math. Some people are good at math and some are not. But we can all learn the basics of math, right? We can all learn what two plus two is. We can all learn maybe what three times three is. Maybe we can't get into trigonometry or calculus, but that's not for everybody. Most of the time, this is a skill you can learn and you can go as high as you're willing to take the time to pray. If you want more intuitiveness, ask the universe for the highest and best for you. Some people say you need to eat a more psychic-friendly diet. Eh, I don't know. That's up to you. Higher vibrational food would be things that are more plant-based, more organic, less processed. You know the drill. Some people swear by that. For me, it's more how high do I want my information to come from? You can read someone's directly across in their aura. You can communicate with those of past, which are higher in vibration, I should say. You can read past lives, which have to do with Akashic records, which are the overall records of the universe. You can reach higher and reach to your highest God source as well. And to keep your vibration really high, the higher the vibration, the higher the quality of information and beings that you'll connect with. I always ask for the highest and best information for me and for my client, because I want to make sure, or your friend or whoever you're reading, I want to make sure that I'm not just going straight across and saying, so what do you want? I want to go up and across. I'll get that when I get to the connection source. So that was intention. Next, before you connect, you want to know where you're getting your protection from. You don't want information coming at you from all over the place. You want to make sure that you're not getting whacked with information or emotions or other things that you aren't ready for or that you don't want. So you need to protect yourself. And there are lots of ways to do that. When you set your intention, you can do it with a candle lighting. You can clear your space, like smudging and crystals with energy space clearing. You can hold yourself in uh, maybe a crystal pyramid or other geometric shape, something that makes you feel that you are safe, but you still have a connection to where you want to go. You can pull in light around yourself. You can use shields, like force fields, things like that. Something that keeps the light and the energy around you that you want. You can imagine maybe Star Trek, those kind of shields, or King Arthur shields where you're holding it in front of you. You can also do mirrors that reflect back negative entities and energies. So you can do any of that that you want with the protection. So intention and then protection, and then you make the connection. I learned the best way to do it for me was to do a quick meditation before, not five minutes even 30 seconds, one minute, meditate to breathe, quiet my mind, and then reach to where I want my connection to be. So you can reach straight across if you want to reach straight to the client. 
see their aura, see whatever you want to work with that way. You can reach slightly higher if you want to talk to a deceased person. You can go also on the uh, Akashic plane to read the past life information. But for me, I usually want to go up to my best information. I want to reach as high as I possibly can. The higher I reach, the clearer the information I have. I want to reach up and across and then back down the other side. I want to make sure that theirs is the best information I can get. I don't want to in any way not make it work for them. So I connect as high as I can. But reach where you want to reach for, but do it on purpose. And then attention. How do you receive your messages? We talked about that. How do you hear them? Do you see them? Do you know them? You may get one picture and it may come to mean something else. But to someone else, it may not mean that. So what I mean is that you may have, for example, a relative that you see, like an uncle in your mind's eye, who is really sweet and nice and caring. And so when you see that man, maybe it means to you, oh, I'm reading about somebody's male relative who's not like a father or a son. It's like off to the side. Or maybe you're getting a male energy who is kind. So you just need to learn those things, those symbols you'll learn as you go along if you pay attention. What do you pay attention to when you're connected? The other things that you want to do is make sure that you're aware of the energy of those around you. If you're in a room with other people that might be sidetracking you and make sure that you're protected from that. Pay attention to what you see, hear, feel, whatever it may be, and spit out the first word that comes to you. Spit out whatever it is. Ignore logic. Throw it out the window. Because the information you get may mean nothing to you, but the person you're reading could totally know what you're talking about. I mean, remember, I talked about that motorboat, and to me, it was my father's Minnesota relatives. And to her, it was her every single year going summer away with her family. So don't judge it. Don't judge yourself or the information. Just spit it out and see what happens. And don't let anyone else influence you on what happened. You also may have dreams after you talk to somebody or once you open yourself up. So make sure you keep a journal if you have any vivid dreams that come up just to make sure that first time it happens, you go, whoa, what was that? If you write it down, you might be able to see what it means. Or it might be about either a client or a friend that you already read and you'll get information later. So make sure that you pay attention to that. And then the last thing to do is when you're done, make sure you don't forget the step to disconnect. You want to make sure you remember to do that. If you've connected to it like a team, a higher being, whoever you've connected to, thank them for helping. Tell them you're closing the door and you're shutting down business because you want to make sure you shut off more information you don't want to hear. You don't want the door opened. There are lots of ways to do that. This is just one. Something else that happens, which is amazing and how often this happens, is that we start second guessing ourselves, especially when we're new. And like I said, just say what you see, hear, feel, know, any of those things. Whatever comes to you, spit it out. Be okay with being wrong. Because person sometimes doesn't get what you're saying. And you go, okay, well, maybe I didn't say it right. And you can ask for confirmations when you start second guessing yourself. Just say, okay, spirit, I need to know that what I'm saying, I'm not just making this stuff up. I need to know that it's right. Whether you get confirmations because it feels right or you get confirmations because someone says something to you. My clients will say things sometimes. That's how you know. 
I have one example that's going to cover a bunch of these things so you'll understand. First, spit out whatever you see. I was at my first psychic fair where I was actually considered the psychic. I was not ready for this, but I was there going, oh my God, help me. So I asked for the highest and best for everybody that came in the door in my head. And then when they set me up with someone, the first person, I thought, oh my God, I'm just repeating my issues to her. She had two issues she wanted to deal with, but she said, I have two issues I want to talk about. Go. <laughs> That's what she said. I said, okay. So I just read her and I, I said one thing and then I thought, oh, this is my issue. Why is this happening? And then I said another issue and I said, that's my issue too. Oh, I'm making this up. And she said, you hit the two issues on the head of what they were. And I went, oh, she says, that's amazing. And then she walked away and I thought, well, I thought they were my issues. I guess they were hers too. Well, that was interesting. But the one that beat all that I still refer back to and the friends who know me, all I have to say is Alvin and everybody laughs. The next woman who came in, came in and sat down and wanted to know who her spirit animal was. And I thought, I actually said it out loud. I've never done a spirit animal reading before. This should be interesting. <laughs> I don't think I was supposed to say that. But I went ahead and I tried to read her spirit animal. And the, I closed my eyes. And the first thing I saw was a bunch of little squirrels. Because in California, we have little squirrels running around. We don't have chipmunks. We see squirrels everywhere. And I heard in my head, or kind of knew, Alvin and the chipmunks. And I thought, but I saw squirrels. And I went, what do I say? And so I said squirrels. I, they look like squirrels for some reason. And then I heard again, Alvin and the chipmunks, just inside my head. It wasn't that outside voice. And I thought, oh, I guess I should spit it out, right? Spit out what you're hearing, seeing, thinking, just spit it out. So I said, okay, Ashley, what I'm, I'm hearing while I'm seeing the squirrels is Alvin and the chipmunks. And she went, what? Oh my God. And she started crying. And I thought, she's crying over Alvin and the chipmunks. And she said, since I was a child, I've always wanted Alvin and the chipmunks to be my spirit animal. And I went, oh my God, what the heck? Okay, you asked for confirmations. That is a big one because who the heck wants Alvin and the chipmunks as their spirit animal? That was the weirdest thing I'd ever had. And that was a confirmation I had asked for. I mean, to this day, that's my biggest confirmation because it's the weirdest confirmation. Okay, moving on. So those four, again, were... Set your intention, then set your protection, connect to where you want to connect, pay attention to everything that you get, no judging, and then when you're complete, disconnect. Now we're going to get into different tools that you can use. There's a lot of things that you can use to kind of set up your intuition to kick into gear. So if you're nervous and you're not sure what to do, if you learn the basics of things like I Ching, and numerology, even astrology, but palmistry, runes, angel cards, tarot cards, whatever you want to, to kind of kickstart what's happening so that you don't overthink and get into your headspace. So you start with that and then all of a sudden you'll start saying things that come from your intuitive space. I know when I first started before I took any like major classes, I got certified with Radley Valentine and at the time, Dorian Virtue, who is no longer does this sort of thing, angel cards with that was something that I used as my kickstart. And it was really helpful because I wasn't really into tarot cards. They were a little scary. Whatever you need, you can start with. And now I want to do a really, really quick meditation because this is something that works for me incredibly. They're getting your own yes, no signals. If you can, and you're here or you can come back later Close your eyes, if it's safe, and take a breath and just calm yourself and allow yourself 
to find a bit of peace in the world right this minute, just for a moment. And as you open yourself up to a higher connection, reach up in your mind's eye as high as you can. Raise your vibration up higher and higher. If you need to, latch onto my energy and my voice to go even higher than you normally go. And as you connect higher, I want you to think of a time when something felt incredibly positive for you. When you get a, yes, I want to do this. What does that feel like? When you ask for yes, do you get a body reaction? Do you get a feeling? A thought? What happens when you feel yes? Ask for a signal of some sort that's clear for you. Ask for a yes. Once you have that, take some time and find out what a negative or a no answer would be. Ask for a no. You might again get a body reaction, a feeling, a thought. Maybe you get colors, lights, sound, something. Whatever it is, ask for a clear yes and no. Whatever that may be to you. Come back here or do it on your own so that you can indeed have this information because this is going to save you so many different things that you might not feel clear on. This will help you. So come on back now. I just wanted to bring you into that, and I'm going to get into other things that you can do. But I do want to let you know that you may have a whole body jerk, and you can ask for something a little less over the top, because I know mine is a yes and no and not. I usually get nods, so sometimes I get a quick nod, and sometimes I get one that feels like my head's going to come off because it's so abrupt. I very rarely get a no. I usually just get no response if it's not a yes. So yours will be whatever it is but it's really incredibly helpful to have this. Other things that you can do, other ideas to help you shift and learn more being more psychic is to get a guide. Spirit guides come in many shapes and forms, and most people have a team, believe it or not. You may have a spirit animal like the one from the psychic fair that I talked about with Alvin. You may have angels. You may have a dead relative who helps, higher beings. You just need to know who yours are so you can call them in as you want them. And if your clients also have them, you can call your clients team in so that you can talk up and then over to them and then back down. And if you want to know your spirit animal, I do have a YouTube meditation to help you find yours, which is a lot longer than what I just did on the yes and no. So you can go to my YouTube and check that out as well. You can also try aura readings. If you want to practice that, you can look at someone standing with a white background, usually eight to 10 feet away. You can look straight through their forehead into their area and things will start looking a little fuzzy. You may start to notice layers of color. I'm not one that can read auras. I don't see them. I have other friends and other psychics I've talked to that definitely see auras. So it's not unusual and you can learn to do it. I have never taken the time to learn to do it, but it's something that's fascinating. Another thing you can do is psychometry. So you can try holding a metal object like a watch or a ring or something, and then see if you can link it to the energy and history of the object. See what comes up. If you can sense something about the owner or about what it's been through, 
And usually you want to have an object that's from a friend where they know already the history so that you can just practice and see what comes up. Other things you can try to practice. One of them includes connecting with your pet. And if you don't have a pet, a dog park is a great place to go and even a zoo. You can go there and you can see if you can feel into what the animal's feeling. Cats are also rather interesting to feel into. See what they feel. There are some really great intuitives out there that actually do animal healing because they're so intuitive with animals. So that's a fun way to practice and see if you have that kind of connection. The Akashic records I talked about earlier, those are really good for using for past lives. So if you can look into that on Google, but if you've ever seen the movie Bruce Almighty with Jim Carrey, God, who helps him, gives him God of a certain area so he can practice, he kind of shows him a filing cabinet. And when he opens the drawer, it streaks across the warehouse and it's this huge long filing cabinet. And that's kind of what I see in my mind when I think of an Akashic records for a specific person, because it's all the records of who they've been, what they've learned, what they need to learn. I mean, every single past life, all those sorts of things are in there. And if you want to read those, you can go in there, you can help people archive stuff, you can help people get rid of stuff that isn't working or you've already finished learning, stick it in the back of the file cabinet because they don't need to deal with it in this life. All kinds of weird stuff that you can look into if you consider it weird. But stuff that you can do at a deeper level, that's really kind of fun to hook into. My favorite thing to do is to look at past lives. It's one of my specialties and I use it not just for the fun of reading somebody's past life, which can also be great and you can do it for fun and profit, but I use it to find why my clients are stuck because sometimes you're stuck in your forward process, either in a relationship, with a job and trying to get something done with a goal and you don't know why. So there may be a lesson that you haven't learned that you need to learn in order to get it to work for you. So that's what I look for. I look for how a past life impacts the current life, what lessons they're trying to learn with a person if they're having this give and take not working too well, kind of a push me pull you relationship or, you know, how this impacts them. When you do a past life reading, do your normal getting in all the things I said before, set your intention, put your protection connect. Set, and then when you pay attention, start with your shoes. Look down at your feet. That starts feels like a really good place to start concentrating on for me. You may find something else, but this is something that really works. I look at my feet first to see what I'm wearing. What are my feet? What do they look like? And then after I look at my feet, then I start looking up and see the surroundings. So I may see the kind of buildings that are there or the lack of buildings. Maybe it's a jungle or a beach or something, a mountain. And I see the time frame I'm in. A lot of times what people are wearing around me, what I'm wearing, because I become that person in my head. And sometimes I'll see the individual person where it's them rather than me. But then you can kind of start the movie running in your head and see what happens. Don't be surprised as you start telling them what you're seeing if all of a sudden you start getting realizations between the current life that they're living and what they were trying to learn in the past life. Because sometimes, I mean, everything's interconnected and sometimes it's really impacting what their choices are now and what they're doing now with it. It's one of my favorite things to do. Like I said, it's kind of my specialty and it's really what I enjoy doing. And that's why I make that part of my life coaching if the person's into it, because I want to make sure when we hit that break, if they don't know where the issue comes from, we can find it out. Because sometimes when you find out those things, 
the struggling you're having stops. So it's really worth taking those moments for the intuitiveness to help them work on it. And of course, practice, 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 just in general. If you want to get better, you can go to a class setting, whether it's a one-off where like I, my first one was, or whether you go to a school and there are some where I am in California, there's three of them that I know of. There's one up in Marin County, there's one in Berkeley, and there's actually Alameda County, and there's one in Contra Costa County as well in Walnut Creek. There are a number of places you can go. You can give free readings away, or you can get free readings. You can go to different people that do it. You can do it at parties with friends. I know I've done that a couple of times, and it was great fun. At one theater weekend we were doing, I played a part that I had played in a show I did, which was Zampa the Gypsy Queen, and I was Hungarian. Actually, I think I was Romanian, and I spoke with the accent, and I had a great time dressed like a gypsy, but I read angel cards because that's all I knew how to do then. And it felt like my intuitiveness came out, even though I was reading angel cards the more I did it, and my line was so long, the carnival was over that we set up, and I was still reading people. It was so much fun. So you can practice in that sort of way once you start getting there. It's like a muscle. The more you flex it, the more you work with it, the stronger it gets. And the more you read, the more you'll understand the symbols that you receive if you do. I don't get symbols so much as obvious things to me because it's, I have more of the knowing and the seeing, so it's more obvious. But you may get a symbol, like I said, like an uncle, or you might get a butterfly. I know someone who gets butterflies when a specific relative of hers is by. I mean, like, sees up, like, was was actually there. It wasn't just in her imagination. The butterfly showed up when we were talking at lunch, and we were outside, and she said, there's my, my grandmother. She just passed, and she was always the butterfly person. I've been seeing them lately. And so that's how she read things. The more you practice, the more you'll connect. So connect to others on the same path. It's very affirming. Keep your vibration high, because the higher you vibrate your spirit, the much higher information that we can get. Everyone is psychic to a certain extent. And become familiar with how you read, whether you see or hear or know, and really realize that those are things that you can really tune up, tune in, and get more information. And please take responsibility. Be responsible with the way that you are and act through your connection. Remember to set up however you do it. Be specific on how you set up to read. With me, I do the intention. I set the protection. I reach for my highest connection, and then I pay attention to the information that comes in, and then disconnect when I'm done. So make sure you do whatever sets you need to do. And then use tools that will help you get in the right space. Because sometimes, if you're not there, you may need tools to get there. If you have a choice, you can do any of them whatever ones work the best for you. Work on making your intuition a habit. Don't let it fade away. If you ignore it or and just say, forget it, it'll be harder and harder to connect. And if you practice working on intuition, it doesn't have to be every day, but the more you do, the sharper it'll get, the easier to understand it'll get, and the more comfortable that you'll get with it. And you'll trust yourself more. You won't second guess yourself. Your life, if you use it for yourself, it's going to get so much easier to connect and you'll have a life that's easier to make decisions and easier to be who you want to be. Thank you for listening to Connect to Joy. If you love the show, 
Make sure you rate, review, and share this podcast. And subscribe so you never miss an episode. Contact the host, Carol DeShane, with questions and comments, ideas for future episodes, or if you would like to become a guest. And remember, transformation is a journey and not an end destination. So be kind to yourself, because you are already enough to have the joyful, limitless life that you desire.